baseball fans. BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM Swing for the Fences free to play game. Pick any area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM Sports account to get started. Then visit your promotion section to access the Swing for the Fences free to play game. You'll score a prize if you hit a single, double, triple, or home run. There's nothing more exciting than going yard. So swing for the fences with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on the market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What is going on? You are watching today Facebook Live. You are watching Sex with Stevie. I'm your host, Steve V, of course. And this is my weekly show that I do. I've got my co-host calling in a little bit later, Cody Maurice Doggett, who just got back from LA. We are going to be playing a really fun game with you all called um, Who Would You Rather? Yeah, I got the list going. I'm really excited about this. It's going to be great. Um, and my, in, in a little bit here, I've got my first guest calling in in just a little bit, Dr. David Fawcett. He, um, I've talked about a documentary that you can all watch on Video On Demand called Crystal City. And David is one of the co-producers. And... Terrence Crawford has been on Tag's podcast before, and he produced and made this film about chem sex, um, the crystal meth epidemic that has been going on in our community. And it's a really great documentary, Crystal City. You can watch it, like I said, on VOD. And Dr. David Fawcett is gonna talk about meth addiction, addiction in general, we're gonna talk a lot about how addictions could or may flare up during this time period that we've been in, sex addiction, porn addiction, and we're just gonna get into it. I'm really looking forward to speaking with him. Um, another favorite thing I wanted to share with you is this book, and anybody that wants to read along with me is Larry Kramer, who we lost recently, and I think I talked a little bit about it. Larry Kramer wrote a book back in the day called Faggots. Yep, he did. It didn't get a lot, it, he got panned by the gay community for allegedly trashing our community and, and so on and so forth. But later this book, in fact, the book was banned for a while, but it then went on to be like one of the prized books of our generation, of the 70s, of just 
our community. It's a harsh look at, but honest look at, and I'm gonna start, this is my midsummer read. If you guys wanna read along with me, in honor of Larry Kramer, who we lost recently, this would be a great book to read along with me, and we can have a discussion in my community subscription-based page Patreon, and it would be kind of fun to have like sort of a book club with this book, Faggots. Hello, hello, is this uh, Dr. David Fawcett? It certainly is, hi. Hello, how are you? I'm doing fine, thank you. How you doing? Good, thank you for doing the show here, Sex with Stevie. Uh, I'm a, you know, I've seen you on the, on the film Crystal City that uh, you co-produced, I understand, and our mutual yes. friend, Terrence Crawford, uh, directed it, correct? Yes, he did. Uh, he's a really gifted young filmmaker, as you know. I know you've interviewed him, and I've seen the film. So, yeah, yes. I was so proud to be part of that project. Yeah, I, was, I watched it early on. We've had Terrence talk about it on uh, my show, Tags Podcast, and I was re-watching some of it to kind of get ready for you to be on the show. Um, so let me just introduce you real quick. Dave, Dr. David Fawcett, you're a PhD. You have a book out called Lust, Men, and Meth. It's a gay man's guide to sex and recovery, which uh, was won the 2016 PAWS Best Nonfiction Award. Wow, that's awesome. You, like we just right. said, you're a co-producer on the film, the documentary Crystal City, which People can watch on video on demand. It's out right now. Um, you know, I guess my first question, a lot of your work is with obviously sex and drug abuse. And a lot of people in the film Crystal City talked a lot about it's a great equalizer. And people come into the drug for various reasons, insecurity, uncomfortable with gay sex. I guess my first question is, do you think it may have to do with a lack of education as gay men that we don't seem to have in our society? You know, I think, yeah, I think so many gay men still, and it's gotten easier, of course, to come out than it was some years ago, including for me, I guess, but, but I think there's still so many struggles and so much uh, stigma and a lot of shame, and including internalized shame. You know, we whether it's from the church or laws or neighbors or uh, unhelpful parents or, you know, whoever it is, that we, we get a lot of negative messages. And I think so many people take that in. And also uh, combine that with what I think is probably this academic, epidemic of loneliness, right? People are really seeking connection. And, and in a weird way, the meth and some other drugs really kind of provide a, a community of sorts. Um, not a very friendly one, ultimately, but, but I think that's part of it as well. Well, uh, re-watching the film Crystal City earlier today, I couldn't help but think, and we'll talk a little bit more on how people get into uh, um, their addictions with meth, but I couldn't help but think, as we're in a pandemic right now, do you think a, a lot of meth addiction, not all of it, but a lot of it has to do with going out and partying in the circuit scene? Well, as we know right now, the gays, we are not, for the most part, going out and having these large parties, which is fueled by often drugs. But there's a lot of depression going on, obviously, for, I mean, for obvious reasons. Um, are people, in your opinion, using more or about the same, given what we're currently going through? 
You know, I, uh, I'm sorry to say that I think every data indicator we have shows that people are using a lot more uh, across the board, right? Alcohol sales have more than doubled in the United States since this whole thing started. And there's a lot more overdoses, a lot more suicide. There's, uh, as I'm a psychotherapist and my, my psychotherapist colleagues and I all report just a whole lot of people reaching out for help, a lot of stress and mental, um, you know, de- depression, anxiety, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I think it's a really stressful time. And, and really the, the healing force, to, especially to keep people clean and sober, but I think just to keep people happy and mentally in a good state is, is connection, right? And, and it's, you know, we can do some with Zoom and phones, but it's, we, uh, we all really need to, we all, are, I think, are really striving for that connection, and it's hard. It's really hard. Well, you know, one of my, I don't know if it's favorite parts, but you appear in this documentary, Crystal City, and you, I was fascinated, and I remember when I interviewed Terrence about the film, <laughs> I was just, um, you talk about the science of the addiction, and you talk a lot about the natural rewards that our brains give us and through dopamine and so many of us know that if you exercise you can produce a lot of that you you tell us a little bit about food has a a range of like a hundred or so and sex obviously has a range that the dopamine levels in our brain are activated when you talk about the units of dopamine that are raised in our brain with meth it's 1300 and I'm, the science of that was fascinating to me on, wow, that no wonder it's so addictive if that's what it does to our brain. And you also say something where it can actually put an imprint on our, our brain cells. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, you bet. Uh, so human beings are, are hardwired with this circuitry in our brain called the reward circuitry and it's an old part of the brain but it basically gives us little bursts of this feel-good neurotransmitter called dopamine when we do things that help us survive as a species so if we cooperate if we um share good food with each other if we fall in love if we take care of our kids or or have a sense of belonging and community bonding and most of all if we have an orgasm that 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 gives us dopamine and orgasm gives us the most dopamine of all and so it's, it's it, and then when we feel good by doing those things, we do it again, and it, and it helps us survive and, and propagate. Uh, addiction comes along and just totally hijacks that system. And so uh, you get these, uh, un, I guess you call them unnatural rewards, right? Drugs and behaviors that, that are what we call super stimulants. And they, if, if an orgasm is, you know, 200 units of dopamine, um, nicotine, by the way, is even more as a drug, but cocaine is three or 400 and, and methamphetamine is up to 1300. So it's, you know, four or five times more than just an orgasm. And, and if we do that repeatedly, uh, we kind of reset the baseline level of arousal or intensity or, or stimulation we need to have an effect. And so quick, quickly, um, things that used to give us joy don't, you know, including our partners and, um, just it's the drug. It's like the shiny object in the room because that's, that's what our brain is kind of re, retrained to do. And, and we can do that with drugs. We can do that with um, behaviors, pornography, sex addiction, gambling, uh, shoplifting. Um, and even there's a, a phrase you probably have heard called you know, healthy addictions. I don't, 
I don't think addi- the addictive mindset is healthy, but, but what that means is that even things that are good for us, like exercise, which also, as you mentioned, gives us dopamine. And, and so we can start to replace some of those unhealthy ways of getting dopamine through drugs and bad behavior with, uh, with other things. But, but when we hijack our brain like that, um, it, it, it's really reset to the point where ordinary stuff, when, when, when someone who's a meth addict gets into recovery, there's a period when their brain has to kind of reset, kind of come back down to earth. And there's a period of nine, uh, well, anywhere from three months, six months, up to nine months, where, where there's this thing we call anhedonia, this inability to experience pleasure. And the, and the brain, the good news is the brain does resettle, it rewires some of the damage it's done, but it takes time. It's, it's a dramatic um, hijacking of this built-in system we have that uh, really is profound with methamphetamine. Yeah, it's interesting because in the film and in general, you talk about how sex and meth are joined together and to create this amazing high that the, the, a lot of the people profiled in the film only associate sex with the drug. And then there's a point in Crystal City where a couple of the guys say, or one of the guys in particular, says that he no longer feels sexual and it's almost the opposite of like how he went why he he was using it it was you know the drug was fueling the sex and back and forth and then all of a sudden it's like the opposite and but you're saying that over a period of time if you do do the work and recovery you can actually enjoy sex again totally uh, you know, and, and that's that's how I got started in this whole thing. I'm a sex therapist by training, and I was having had a private practice with gay men, and a lot of guys were coming to me. This is 25 years ago, with with sex problems, you know, erectile dysfunction or, or not having any sexual desire, and with a little few questions, we discovered they were using methamphetamine or had been, and they had experienced this kind of uh, uh, dynamic where where their arousal was was hijacked. And so a lot of the work we do in therapy is to kind of help um, restore that ability to really enjoy sex. And, and I will say, when you talk to people that have longer-term recovery, they, the ability to connect with a sexual partner uh, at a feeling level or with, with intimacy or with, uh, as opposed to kind of the uh, objectified sex that happens with methamphetamine, it's a very different experience. And so uh, it's much more satisfying, I think, to to um, have sex with somebody you like as opposed to having sex with somebody who's kind of a, an object in the fantasy that's rolling in your head. Right? You're not even really connected with them. So it's a whole different experience. But yes, people can totally heal, but it takes time. Well, and speaking of time, you have a program, Seeking Integrity, we'll list it, where you help people, I guess, get off the drug. Um, I was noticing on your site, you have programs that are two to four week range but just hearing what you said, is that simply the period to just get you off of the drug, but the work has to continue knowing how strong methamphetamine is? Totally. Right. With the program Seek Integrity, it's a residential treatment program in Los Angeles for men. Uh, we treat uh, sex addiction, porn addiction, and chemsex, this fusion of sex and drugs. And it's for uh, gay or straight men, it's just, but it's men. And it's a, it's a really great program, but it is just... Just what you said. It's, it's a really intensive 
kind of start, right? We, we do a lot of assessment. We do a lot of kind of breaking through denial and helping people get some skills in place. Um, and really after even four weeks, if they stay with us, then, then they're kind of ready to start the work, right? It's, a, it's a really more of a stabilizing, getting a plan, figuring out what's going on, if there's other things going on, because very often there's, there's co-occurring anxiety or depression or something else that, that's happening. Um, and then we get them set up with, with a therapist uh, back in their own. We have people coming from all over the world, Australia, South Africa, Europe, and all, the, all the United States. And we, we set them up with a therapist when they go home and, and they end meetings and so on. But, yeah, that's just the beginning. But, but we have found that people need that uh, intensive residential experience away from the triggers, away from, away from grinder, away from scruff, you know, all that, uh, just kind of break, break the pattern, start getting some support, uh, build, build a support network, and, and get them started. But, yeah, that's just really the beginning. So speaking of grinder and scruff and other platforms like that, in the film they talk a lot about how people you can go on there and there's pnp and there's other tina and little code words that a lot of us know and some that i was surprised that i didn't even know at all and do you think it's kind of a uh, a dangerous place for some people that are prone to go that way to uh to do you think these sites i guess my question is are these sites fueling this pan this epidemic you know, that's a, it's a really great question. And I, I, yeah, I'm a sex therapist. I consider myself sex positive and, you know, I don't, I don't judge people or their behaviors. And, and I think in many ways those apps have helped people connect. I mean, they, they really serve a good purpose. But if you're inclined toward getting in trouble with, with addictive behaviors, um, what we know from dopamine and these rituals is that, you know, the acting out with meth or, you know, hookup um, is starts way early, and you know, with with thoughts and feelings, and and often going on the phone. And there's some really interesting studies that you know we know how our brain looks if somebody is ingesting methamphetamine or looking at porn, for that matter. It's almost the same. But we also know now that because the phone and those apps are so tied into that whole ritual, and they when people start to pull their phone out of the pocket or look at grinder and scruff, their brain starts to light up in anticipation of meth that's going to come, right? And so it's almost like your brain is kind of drooling, waiting for it. And so, it's, you know, I really uh, ask my clients, please do not go on those apps because it's really playing with fire because it's a part of the ritual. Our brain knows what's coming and it starts to light up and it really is a incredibly strong trigger that can, that can really upset people. And so I asked them to delete the apps, get off it, change your names, change your profiles, um, and, you know, have, have a coffee date. <laughs> or uh, I joke about, you know, teaching good old-fashioned cruising, but, you know, but, but I think that the apps are really um, tricky for people. Yeah, that, slippery you know, slope. No pun intended. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Um, totally. I want to talk a little bit about porn addiction in just a second, but just to talk real quickly uh, finally about crystal city what i loved about what terrence did with this film is it it definitely shows people and and tells their stories on how they became addicted to meth and how they you know their downfall but in interviewing terrence he really wanted to show how people were turning around and coming out on the other side and not just show 
that people can go down this path and then it's all over with. And I really appreciated that because the film does show some, it's a hard work, like you say, and with that science that you say of the dopamine levels that are so high compared to just basic sex, it would seem so hard. And so I really like that part of the film that he shows. I am so grateful for Terry that he, you know, built that in the film because meth particularly, I think there's a lot of the videos that are out there, documentaries are all kind of the horror of it, right? And the shock value. And, and it, it leaves this feeling out in the community that's just hopeless. Nobody ever really gets off it. And that's just not true. And, and Crystal City, I think, is one of the few documentaries. And, and you're right. I mean, he didn't try to candy coat it. It's a, no. it's a difficult addiction. But people do get better. And, and that's the really the, the key important message, I believe. Well, you know, like I've said before, in this pandemic, so many of us were quarantined for so long. I, myself included, was watching a lot of porn. Uh, thank God for summer, I'm outside a lot more, I'm exercising now, I'm getting sun, I'm doing a lot of things. But porn Good. consumption, I, I would imagine, in this time frame, was really high. Can you just tell us, um, as a sex therapist, some of the dangers, the obvious ones, but then some of the other dangers of watching too much porn and what they can do to our mental side. Right, and and again, I, I want to preface this by saying, you know, I'm not judging it. I think there's nothing inherently wrong with with porn. It's not. It's not. This is not from a moral point of view. Right. But but I think for certain people, um, especially with some risk factors, you know, people that uh, may be lonely, may be isolated, may be a little anxiety or depressed or, or porn, like all addiction, is is an incredibly um, effective way to numb emotional pain. You know, sex addiction is not about sex. Porn addiction is not about porn. It's really about detaching from uncomfortable feelings, kind of going, floating away, just dissociating, kind of disconnecting from your worries and, and dropping into this fantasy world for a while. And, and and, you know, that again, we all need to kind of take a break from reality once in a while. Right. But the problem with porn, it has that same kind of high dopamine kick that, that cocaine or methamphetamine does. And it's really seductive, and it pulls you in. And the, and the thing about porn that's, I think, really dangerous is that we get we have a, a tolerance that develops really quickly. So what what kind of is exciting today, tomorrow, that same porn is not quite going to do it. We have to kind of up the ante a little bit. So... So people start exploring more and, and getting into kind of darker things or rougher things or illegal things. And just and it's not that they're seeking it out. It's even if you, when you're looking at so many images for so long, you find stuff that's like, whoa, what, that's really hot. I never thought of that. Let me look for more of that. You know, and you're kind of down the rabbit hole in a way. And, and the other uh, effect that porn has, um, and there's an epidemic right now of, of young men um, who have erectile dysfunction. And yeah. these are guys that often... Um, have grown up on porn, right? They're, they're, they've always had phones, they've always had porn, it's free, it's cheap, it's private. And, and what that does, it kind of really skews their idea of sex and, and they have that same problem with functioning with a real partner because the, their bottom line level of stimulation that's required to get aroused is so high from porn, no human partner can match it. And so I think there are, there are some pitfalls here with, with pornography and, um, and yeah, and the other thing I'll just say, if you have people that are trying to stay away from meth, um, 
porn may be one thing, but but I uh, have guys who want to be clean and sober, but they're looking at meth porn. You know, pornography that, and there's porn out there that you know shows people injecting and, and using yeah, porn. Clearly, you using know, methamphetamine. It's weird that you would mention that because somebody, one of my co-hosts, told me about that, and I was floored when I heard that, and I decided to look it up. And you're right, there, it's it's really jaw-dropping and to see that and how places, you know sites like Pornhub would even allow that I mean it's glorifying right. it in a way and yeah exactly. it was very yeah I don't I lack of words to say but it was horrifying I think in a lot of ways so and, and what we spoke of before where the brain has to go through this kind of healing process to kind of come back down to earth if if you're you may not be using drugs you may be clean and sober but if you're looking at that kind of porn, it's keeping that part of your, in your brain. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick any area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM Sports account to get started. Then visit your promotion section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. You'll score a prize if you hit a single, double, triple, or home run. There's nothing more exciting than going yard. So swing for the fences with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on the market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. I'm alive, you know, you're not doing the reset that you need to do to kind of to recover. Yeah, it's interesting. We had just recently, there's a doc, another documentary out right now called Porn Pandemic, kind of following porn stars on during this time frame when they're not making, when they haven't been making films. And it so gives you sort of a behind the scenes look at their very ordinary lives at times that might be good for a lot of people to watch. It's also on VOD right now, and it gives a look at the awareness. You'll get the awareness factor that these, yes, lights, camera, action, but it is ultimately their actors and they're doing its work, and they show the other side of their daily lives that are quite ordinary, and, and it's a good, I think it's a good documentary to watch, um, maybe with Crystal City, <laughs> kind of pair it up. Definitely, I, I didn't know about it, I will check it out, It's because like, it sounds like an important reality check on, on, the, on the whole industry and what, what the lives are really like, that's great. People can follow you, um, they can go to your website, correct, david-fawcett.com? That's correct. Um, and SeekingIntegrity.com uh, is the program in Los Angeles. And I do want to say I do a couple free things every week if people are interested or struggling with chemsex. I do a, a chemsex support group on a site called In the Rooms, which the is rooms? A free. 
Right. It's a it's a twelve step platform. They have all kinds of recovery groups, <clears throat> and it's um, free. But you have to create a membership. Or on Wednesday nights at uh, sexandrelationshiphealing.com, I do a free drop in addiction webinar where people can ask me questions and we interact live. It's a great forum. Can you send me those links? And we do, this show gets repackaged for tomorrow and I can put it on tagspodcast.com. I would love to list that. Um, Wonderful. Yeah, sure and will. I have your Twitter in there with, for your book, Lust, Men, Meth, which sounds like a great book. Um, Correct. On Twitter. Yeah, it's doing really well. Um, it's, it's become kind of a classic. I'm really proud of, proud of that book. Dr. David Fawcett, I want to thank you so much. It's so enlightening and I love the work that you're doing. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. All right. We'll be in touch. Thank you. And I definitely want to mention that Dr. David Foster has a podcast as well. It's called Sex, Love, and Addiction, Healing Conversations for Gay, Bisexual, and Transgender Men. It is available on all podcast platforms, and you can get the link for it at tagspodcast.com. But once again, his podcast is called Sex, Love, and Addiction, Healing Conversations for Gay, Bisexual, and Transgender Men. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, darling. Darling, Mr. Cody <laughs> Maurice Doggett. Hi, boo. How Hi. are you? Really good, really good. Oh, my gosh. Welcome back. You were in L.A. Thank you. Yes, I was, and it was glorious. It's so beautiful out there. It really is. What can you tell us? Um, you were with your friend, our mutual friend, and you were complaining because you, he was taking you hiking everywhere. Oh my God. I think after I, um, I, told, I was complaining to you, uh -huh. he took me on a, there, so there's the easier Runyon Canyon route, and then there's the, the hard, hard one where it's like you're on the side of an, off the side of a mountain. Oh yeah. Like, you're like the little man and on the uh, the toy, and I was the little man on the toy. I'm afraid of heights. Uh, oh yeah, you mentioned that before. <laughs> yeah, so I was about to cry on the mountain. I don't know what I don't know what he expected. He was like, I didn't know you were that afraid of heights, and I was like, <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna murder you when we get off this mountain. It's, and then I got made fun of a lot, of course, because they were like, that's a hill. That's not a mountain, Cody. And I'm like, it felt like a mountain to me, darling. It's such great eye candy. You've got all the actors that are hiking. I would imagine it's busier than ever before because people aren't going to gyms anymore, so they must be. And it's always been known that guys take off their shirts, and it's, you can almost hook up and meet up with guys. Did you see any of that? Please tell me you did. I haven't, I didn't see any hookups, unfortunately. Um, but I did see, so like there's a part where, like right before a bridge where I, I could actually look up and look around and there was the most beautiful man behind me. He came up, like he was behind us on the trail and he came past us and all, every, everyone that was in the group, like me, Silas and my friend Brandon who went on the hike, um, we were all our jaws dropped because he was <laughs> gorgeous. And <laughs> so I did see, I get to see, I got to see beautiful people when I could look up, but otherwise it was all my feet. Sorry. <laughs> well, let's get into a couple of hot topics. One of which is an article that I sent to you. A study out of Vanderbilt University has found that the vast majority of gay and bi men who, who experienced COVID symptoms and in some cases tested positive for coronavirus earlier this year kept it hidden 
from their sexual partners. The study essentially focused on a 30-day period from April 10th to May 10th. They examined the sexual behaviors of roughly 750 gay and bi men living here in the U.S. and researchers noted that a fair amount of men made significant changes to their sexual behavior and partner mm -hmm. selection with nine out of ten reporting zero to one sexual partners in the 30-day period which that sounds about right um, yeah a, they also reported a substantial decrease for many compared to just before the pandemic. It goes on to say real quickly, uh, many of the respondents said it was extremely important to them that their sexual partners take COVID-related precautions, like washing hands, 69%, and informing of any symptoms such as a fever or cough, 75%, okay, good. 59% also felt it was important that sexual partners be honest about their sexual activity during the pandemic, while 45% wanted to know exactly what precautions their partners were taking to stay healthy. This is where it takes a turn. While mm -hmm. the vast majority of respondents said they were, they wanted to know about a sexual partner's behavior prior to hooking up, the vast majority also said they wouldn't tell a partner about any COVID-19 symptoms or even a positive coronavirus test result. That's the part that kind of got me is it was it's crazy. Yeah, I can't believe it. For me personally, because we were I was sick, I definitely got a positive result. I have the antibodies. And when I was sick, I didn't wanna have see anybody. I was sick. And <laughs> I mean I was sick. And I understand that some people have the virus and they are asymptomatic, but if you get a test result and it shows positive, stay home. I mean, really jack yeah. off. I mean, do something like wait until you're better. I don't know, what was what were your thoughts when you read that? So um, like you, I was happy about the beginning of the article. I was like, oh, this is this is good. Like, I, I'm glad that people are learning how to navigate uh, a pandemic. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then when they said, when they were like, um, people wanted to be disclosed to, but were afraid of disclosed. That, Cause that's kind of what I took from, from it, that they want to be, they want somebody to tell them if they're having symptoms, but they don't want to tell people if they're, if they're having symptoms. Like that's a, kind of like a selfish behavior to me. Right. And also it makes me like wonder about why people in general and gay men specifically, cause this is a study about gay men, why they're having problems talking about, about illness and sex and, and, and the intimacy. Mm. It, it just makes me wonder. Good point. Yeah. Actually, intimacy and vulnerability, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it goes on. 11, this was kind of crazy, is what I was kind of talking about before. 11% of the respondents said that they had experienced a flu-like illness during the study's mm -hmm. time frame. Um, but less than half of them, 39%, shared this with their partners before hooking up. Wow, that yeah, means that then, yeah, I don't know about you, Cody, but when you feel ill or just not, I mean, are you like wanting to hook up? It's like the last thing on my mind. First of all, I'm in the bed. I'm the worst sick person in the world. <laughs> <laughs> me too, you and me both. <laughs> I need my soup, I need my blanket, and I need for people to leave me the alone. <laughs> oh my God, we are so alike. Yes. <laughs> so, I can't even imagine trying to suck, 
suck a dick while I'm sick. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> your nose is all clogged up. Like, you have to breathe through your nose when you suck a dick. I'm sorry. Right, exactly. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, and finally it says, researchers concluded by suggesting that targeted messaging be directed towards gay and bi men about encouraging honest conversations regarding COVID-19 symptoms and safe sex practices. Um, yeah, and I would go on to your point too that just in general talk about, we need to, as a community, not all of us, because some people are, I'm sure are doing it, but yeah. Um, in general, I agree with you that we could all learn to be a little bit more open and forward and honest. On our other show, the Tags Podcast this week, I was talking with my um, Jeremy and Lincoln about outdoor mm -hmm. sex. And this week on our Patreon after show, Dark and Dirty, I'm telling my favorite places to have outdoor sex. Um, and I think I've asked you this before, but. It, Remind us, do you like outdoor sex? I love outdoor sex, especially, oh, especially <laughs> if people can see me. <laughs> so you're talking about the voyeurism side, because that's what I talk about on my after show. There's a whole side of voyeurism. Tell me more. Yeah, I'm an exhibitionist for sure. I like to show off. I like when people can watch. Um, you know, I just... Um, so my favorite outside type deal, it would be in like wooded areas. I think that wooded areas are really sexy and pun intended on that one. Um, <laughs> so like parks, park, like I read somewhere, there was like a, um, a poll um, that was taken somewhere, I forget where I saw it, that the, uh, the people's favorite cruising spot is actually in parks. So there we are. I'm not alone. And so parks and also camp, camp sex. Camp sex. Camp sex is so hot. <laughs> you mean camping? Like, yeah. Being at like, uh, can you be, Mountain can you be glamping? Cause I would go for that. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I need a proper shower. I, I, I do love nature though. I do love nature, but I'm a glamper versus a camper. Okay. Well, we can go and glamp, and then one night we can go outside in the, um, and take the, the the sleeping bags out, and, and, and we can sleep under the stars. There's nothing oh, better yeah. than that. It's beautiful. Oh, I would love that. That sounds yeah. amazing. Yeah, as long as there's no bears or anything like that. And, <laughs> Wait, what kind of bears are we talking about over here? Uh, right. Yeah, not that kind of bears. <laughs> <laughs> I like a good hairy bear in our community sometimes, but I mean, I'm the animal bear. Um, Cody Maurice Daggett, who would yeah. you rather? And you all know what we're talking about. Let me get my cocktail here. So you're going to tell me, I'm going to list you a pairing of two different famous people and on various mm -hmm. levels. I tried to pick various ages, some gay, some straight, but fairly well-known people and you have to tell me which one you would rather and why, and then I'll tell you what, why I would pick mine. All right, who would you okay. rather, Wilson Cruz or Christian Vincent? Now, hold on, I asked okay. this one because we just recently had the reboot of Noah's Ark on, people, you can watch, the, they had a one night only reboot of the, the amazing show Noah's Ark, 
and I had Christian Vincent on Sex with Stevie, this live show. Um, so it came into mind. So who would you rather, Wilson Cruz or Christian Vincent? So I have to applaud you because you made this really a difficult decision for me. All the pairings are, I'm like, who, what, is three-way an option? Because <laughs> Listen, you, not the game, not the game. Not the game. Um, so I'm like, I have to pick, can you said you, you, to me, you knew I was going to pick. I did. So um, I, uh, I think I'm going to surprise you when I tell you that I'm going to pick Wilson Cruz. What? Because oh my God. I know. Okay. <laughs> Only because Both Cody was going on and on beautiful. about when he heard that I was going to have Christian Vincent on the show. He was like, oh my God. And so I just, I don't know. But, but no, I tried to pick people you'll find in this list that kind of comparable types, you know? It's not like, you know, totally off where it's. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I have all, I've had a long-standing crush on Wilson Cruz. Like I've had a long-standing crush on Kristen Vincent too, but I feel like the one on Wilson Cruz is a little bit more. It's a little stronger. <laughs> Who would you rather? People watching, play along with us. I'll read some of the answers if you're listening and watching this too, and we'll read it off. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Well, I just think Christian Vincent's so sexy and hot, and so I would definitely go for him. But I have to say, in watching that reunion special, uh, th they did this reboot of Noah's Ark, and then they, mm -hmm. I watched this other thing that they did for Eat Entertainment Tonight, and I kept, and they were doing a Zoom where they were with all the boxes, the entire cast, and I found my eyes constantly looking down at Wilson Cruz. I was just infatuated. Really? I was infatuated with him in that, and he looks really great right now. Yeah. I mean, my he he's always looked great, but like, Oh my goodness! And I've seen him in the bar too. He he looks great in the bar too. <laughs> yeah, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Christian Vincent just on this one okay. because yeah, just to be different on that one. Okay, who would you rather, Orlando Bloom or Chris Hemsworth? Um, this one's a lot easier for me. Chris Hemsworth for real. What? Um, Really? Yes. Yeah, because he's Thor. I am a comic book nerd. So. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> so that one was easy. What about you? Definitely Orlando Bloom. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I don't watch a lot of the superhero films or anything like that, but I don't know. I find, I'm off, I just think Orlando Bloom's so sexy and and has like an edge to him plus that British accent I don't know okay. he, yeah he does it for me the other one's fine but I think he's just that traditional look that I don't know everybody kind of goes I don't know I, there's something edgier to me about Orlando so okay. I could see it I could see it like okay. I, like I said before like I'll take any of these guys. So. <laughs> right. I mean, I put them sort of like, I've, I like my list because they kind of fall into the same categories. Okay, who would you rather, Jason Momoa or John Senna? So See, Jason I paired Momoa. those. Me, okay, me too. Okay. Are we fighting over this one? No. Yeah, we're fighting over this one. <laughs> Yeah. Jason Momoa all day. Not, nothing against Johnson, and he's, he's a handsome guy. But oh, yeah. Whew. 
But the other one can just throw it down and that hair. Oh, yeah, that hair alone. And yeah. yeah. And he seems like a free spirit to me. He dates Lisa Bonet. So. Oh, who we love. Right? Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Okay, total agreement about that. We're finding on that one. Okay, who would you rather? This is going to be an interesting one. Who would you rather? Yeah. <laughs> Anderson Cooper or Andy Cohen? You got to um, pick. One. Uh, I have to pick. I would go with Anderson Cooper. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Wh- who would you rather? Well, I have an interesting story on both of them. Um, Real years ago, when I first moved to New York, I worked out at a gym nearby here, David Barton, mm-hmm. and it's when I didn't know a lot of people, and I would go to the gym regularly every single Sunday night around like six o'clock or so, and Anderson Cooper would always be there on the treadmill, and one day oh. he, I was doing the calf machine, and you imagine a Sunday uh-huh. night. It's not a very busy gym. Nobody's there. Yeah, so there was a lot of equipment open, and wouldn't you know it, he wanted to, like, work in this one calf machine that I was on. Like, would you mind if I worked in with you? And I was like, yeah, tongue-tied, and let him. And I was so nervous. And then we cut to the locker room. He took a shower, and he was in the locker room in a towel, and... I gave him my business card because he was asking me what I do when we were working mm-hmm. out. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> we never went out or anything like that, but it was kind of oh, fun. Man. And it was kind of sexy. And I was like, oh my God, hot. And then I once, a couple times, I went to the Watch What Happens live show. And Andy, at least when he had a studio audience, will ask certain people in this very small audience to take a picture with him afterwards. Well, one day he took, asked, his producers or that worked there said, oh, well, me and my friend like to take a picture with him. And I was like, oh, well, that's cool. And he was like, hey, sexy. And, but, and I kind of found him <laughs> sexy, too. But that was it. What? I mean, it was literally that. So I guess are to, those are my two stories. I, Who would I rather? Bucket. I'm going to mm-hmm. go Andy Cohen. Cause I think, Andy Cohen? Okay. I think, yeah. I think I love both of them. I think they're super talented and sexy in their own right. I don't know. I think one of them will probably make me laugh more. And, and yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel yeah. like Anderson Cooper, for me, he is he's like really intelligent. And I find that, that that's really attractive to me. So that's, that's why. I, I agree. I, I, I like, chose not, but not that Andy Cohen is not intelligent. It's just uh, his, his demeanor is more attractive to me. Okay, we got to get through these two more. We'll be quick on these. Okay. All right, yeah. two hot Latinos, Maluma or Ricky Martin? Okay, Ricky Martin all day. Really? <laughs> yeah, what about you? Maluma. Yeah? Yeah, look at my hair right now. He's blonde. <laughs> yeah, you guys will be twinsies right He's there. so sexy, but I mean, Ricky Martin, yeah. Again, most of these I chose because I think they're both. It's just, I made it hard. To choose. Yeah. And then lastly, Matt Bomber, Bomer, excuse me, Matt Bomer or mm-hmm. Andrew Rannells. Quick note on this one. I, I chose these, obviously both out gay actors. Both of them starred in The Boys in the Band on Broadway. And oh. both of them are, I believe, are going to make the Netflix version of The Boys in the Band. I love them oh, both. Nice. 
I interviewed Matt Bomer years ago, and he was awesome, very nice. Um, but go ahead, who would you rather, Matt Bomer, Bomer or Andrew Rannells? So I'm like flipping back and forth, forth with this one, because, uh, but I think I'm going to go with Andrew Reynolds because like I, I've actually met him. He came into the restaurant that I was working in, and he he liked my my playlist. But both of them are extremely attractive. He's on Black Monday now, and he's really funny on Black Monday. I love that show. And so I would have I'm to gonna... I would agree with you, Andrew Reynolds. He I just he's so funny. He's got an edge. He I when I saw. I think it was Poison the Band. My sister and I waited out one time outside the theater. He, out of all the cast, would come out every day and sign. He's a true Broadway actor. He signs mm -hmm. everyone's playbill and is so kind and nice. And he's, like I said, I don't know, I like him. He's got great legs, too, and I, I'm a leg guy. Oh, so, okay. okay. I didn't get to see his legs. They were under the table. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. All right. We're, <laughs> All right, some agreements, some not. I love it. Thanks for playing. Who would you rather? I love it. Welcome back, Cody Maurice Doggett. I'm so happy. Thank you, darling. Stay quarantined, and when you're ready, I need to see you in person. And yeah. we'll talk offline this, this week. And all the links for Dr. David Fawcett, my friend Teddy Bass on his event will all be at tagspodcast.com. As always, be safe, remain healthy, wear your mask, and I will see you soon. Thank you so much. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick any area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM Sports account to get started. Then visit your promotion section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. You'll score a prize if you hit a single, double, triple, or home run. There's nothing more exciting than going yard. So swing for the fences with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on the market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.